joining me this week in the virtual coffee house is Dan Bancroft. You've probably seen him on home shopping channel Create Craft. We know each other from way back in the days of hospital radio, so it was really, really great to get him on the show. We had a good chat, and I hope you like it. So, Dan, thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me, Liam. Yeah, um, it's been it's been a long time. I guess uh, for anyone listening, uh, we crossed paths on your hospital radio, and that was we did probably two thousand seven, two thousand eight. Does that sound about right? Yeah, just just far far too long ago to start naming years. <laughs> you you have since gone on to be well. I guess, I guess it's not modest to say national TV presenter. Well, it is. I suppose the TV I do is is nationally. So, yeah, I think that's a very shiny title for shopping TV. <laughs> um, but nevertheless, it is live across the UK and also live across America, which is a lot of fun. It gives us opportunity to go travel and do some presenting in the states as well. No, so it's really it's really good fun. It's really good fun, and that's I feel quite lucky in that sense. Yeah, I mean, how did you get from hospital radio to creating craft? I'll give you the very short version. <laughs> Before uni, I worked for Anglia TV in Norwich, just as a runner, researcher, went to uni in Sunderland, went to move to Leeds, which is why I went to York Hospital Radio, and then get a job, got a job back at ITV with Tricia, the talk show, for people who remember that, old school Jeremy Kyle. And then in, when the recession hit, we all got made redundant from Channel 5 when Tricia went to Channel 5. Uh, so one of the guys just happened to get a job at... Creating Craft slash Idle World, which are the two channels I work for, uh, 11 years ago now. Um, and I started there as an assistant producer, then became a producer, then senior producer. And then I was just doing a show, like a fitness show, actually. And there were just these people in the background mulling around on the uh, equipment. And I thought I could probably do that. So I asked Liam. I said, if Fair you need one, yeah, I, I think <laughs> you need one, I'll do it for free. You know, won't, do it for, won't have a fee, blah, blah, just to be helpful. And this went from there eventually. Then I started guesting more on Shopping Telly on a different channel, Idea World, and then left for a bit to set up another channel, which wasn't Shopping Telly, it was local TV as part of the local TV network about five, six years ago. And then still had contacts back at Creating Craft, and a, a job came up there to be a full time presenter. And here we are. Amazing. So, uh, yeah, that's that. And uh, I mean, I, to be honest, I only have two uh, all sort of exposures to, to home shopping. The first is The Apprentice, because they used to do a task. Uh, every now and then where they put them on like QVC or, or whatever. Um, for a few years. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, and then uh, the second is my arm is massively into like crafts. So um, whenever I go around, uh, yeah, she's probably a fan of yours, to be honest. And, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's always on the TV. There's a couple of craft channels out there in the world, like dedicated craft channels. And um it's always surprising everyone's nan or grandma or knows someone else who watches it. Yeah. Which is funny. So I think, um, yeah, when I meet up with friends or whatever, it tends to be that their grandparents or, or auntie watch. And then when it gets around to talking about what I do or whatever, it's funny how many people know. It's really funny because if you don't watch shopping telly, of course, you've got no idea yeah. about it. Um, no, it's, it's, it's wicked. It's um, surprisingly popular. 
the, the one that stands out to me is, I don't know if you remember the, those like auction uh, shopping channels where the price yeah. would get like lower and lower and like there, there was X amount to sell. It was utter chaos. You know what? And those channels that were quite famous for that and people used to watch them all the time, a lot of, they've now sadly gone under. Um, but a lot of their presenters have come to us now or to, you know, it's quite a small world. Shopping TV, it's global. is a really small world with people that work in it. Everyone does the rounds around the channels and things. Um, and you meet a lot of people who watch watch those. I think my channel, Crate and Craft, is very specific about card making, sewing, embroidery, that sort of thing. But you, you're, you're definitely talking about like Ida World or infomercials or a Ninja Peeler or uh, something... <laughs> that'll give you abs in 60 seconds and that kind of stuff, which is really, yeah. I've, I've had, I've, not anymore, because I'm on the craft side of things, but I've had my fair share of those ones. I've never had to do a price drop one yet, but who knows, maybe one day I'll be lucky enough. Yeah, I can't imagine it's um, it, it's really the kind of thing that creating craft would do. <laughs> not yet, but you no, know, you, <laughs> you can't rule anything out, you never know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so let's jump into um, to some of the questions. So first of all, the big one, favorite film of all time? tricky this you know because I thought because I know you love your film and I'm sure people listening to this obviously love their film I'm not a very cool film lover I, I, I haven't watched all the Godfathers I don't know all the niche stuff and um, so when you when that was the first question I was like geez I need to be do I need to go a little bit more in depth but I thought no I'm going to go with a film that I've watched so many times and I never get old it is Con Air 1997 Sir Nicholas Cage. And it's a great choice, a great choice of film, a, a classic action movie. Is it, an, is it an action film? Is it a heist film? I guess it's a bit of both, right? It's a non-stop action with a little bit of romance in there. You know, they've got the family heartstrings, not seeing his daughter yet. Yeah. He's getting out of the military with his wife and then gets put in prison for many different reasons. Yeah, it's definitely an action film, Liam. Goodness me. When you, just <laughs> when you finishing and they've got the you know, they've t taken over and things like that. Then the whole, not spoiling it for anyone, it's been around a little while, the whole Vegas landing on the strip <laughs> comes out of nowhere. Yeah. Thank you, um, you're finishing your popcorn, you're starting the car, and no, another 20 <laughs> minutes is going your way. Yeah, it's, it's, it's great fun, great fun to watch. And and also, you know, Nicolas Cage and John Malkovich in the same film, it's, it's gold, absolute gold. I, I was thinking... Um, Hard push to see anyone who had a bigger film resume in the late 90s than Cage, like Face yeah. Off, Going Into Millennium, uh, Gone in 60 Seconds, National Treasure. Like, the man's done it all. No yeah. wonder he stopped. <laughs> yeah, I think it's funny enough, I think he's got this new film coming out this year because he does a lot of like smaller stuff now. Um, I don't know why, I think he's just a bit sick of it. And he's got this film out called Pig. And the critics are absolutely raving about it. So who knows? Maybe we'll see Nicolas Cage nominated for an Oscar again in the future. I feel like, and I don't know, that he went, not off the rails, I don't mean that, but a little bit AWOL mm. a bit. And so therefore and became a little bit of a, a parody of himself or a joke. When actually I think him as an actor is brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen the YouTube video? of? I think it's actually called Nicolas Cage Losing His Share. <laughs> and it's a it's a it's about three and a half minutes of pure entertainment uh it's a, a compilation of all of the moments in every Nicolas Cage film where he, he just screams for no reason and uh yeah it's that's what I'm looking up straight after this I I, I expect nothing less 
<laughs> so, so uh, yeah, Conair, solid choice. Which brings us on to your least favourite film. Yeah, this is this is tough. Right, there's definitely a caveat to this. There's a little asterisk over the top of this, but the answer is Harry Potter, all of them. And I'm including the Cursed Child theatre production as well, because I've also seen that. Obviously, it's an incredible storyline. Obviously, we can't argue with its success and popularity. And I blame my wife for this, Liam, because it gets paid, <laughs> paid still nonstop in my house, either on the TV, thanks Sky, or the audiobooks by Stephen Fry. Every journey, every single one. And I can't even follow those because they're different to the films. They're more, more based on the books, right? Yeah, yeah. It's the audiobooks. So, um, yeah, Harry Potter is now my least... Like, if I never saw another Harry Potter film, I would be absolutely fine. How do you feel about it? I mean, it's a, it's a bold choice. Because I know I know a lot of people that probably wouldn't uh, rush to see Harry Potter, but uh, putting it as your least favourite of all time is controversial. It's yeah, when you when you word it like that, it's it's big big news in my world. That. But I guess you probably, as you say, if it's been repeated to death, then uh, yeah, it's probably quite a painful experience to see anymore. Oh well, yeah, I was thinking, what film do I not want to see? And the answer is <laughs> Harry Potter. Like, Fair enough. I feel I've just seen it too many times. Right now, I'm living in the moment right now. Maybe in 10 years' time, Liam, I'll readdress and realise what a fool I've been. But right now, I could certainly live without another audio reading by Stephen Fry, theatre production, film on Sky, or DVD, of which everyone's got those as well. I think that's fair enough. I would have put... What's the sequel called? Fantastic Beasts. Yes. That would be on there for me, as, as like, yeah, like, way yeah. down the list. But hey, I've got nothing wrong against Harry Potter. But uh, I guess J.K. Rowling, though, is, uh, is being cancelled at the moment, isn't she? If that's yeah, the term. That is a tricky one. She's got her views, and people have their views on her views. Mm. Um, do you think Fantastic Beasts was unnecessary? Uh, yeah. I mean, it was created at a point when you had this, this franchise that was nearing its end in terms of how like, it could be directly monetized because all the films have been made, and they couldn't very well stretch... Uh, I've forgotten what the, the last film's called. Is it Deathly Hallows? Uh, I think two, yeah. stretching that out to any more than two films would have been ambitious. So uh, they had to try and find a way to do something else. So enter the extended Harry Potter universe. Yeah, do you think she could have suggested anything or written anything and they taken it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think she she literally could have could have written utter gibberish. And, and claimed it was from the, the mind of a Death Eater or whatever they're called. And, um, and they would have been turned into some one-woman poetry reading and made millions of pounds, I imagined. Well, is that... You know what, maybe... There's an idea. You can have that. Yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> I'll pick that for my filmmates. Um, then maybe Fantastic Beast is... Maybe We're the Fools. Maybe it's all, business is all about making money, isn't it? As is Hollywood. Mm. They've done it. Yeah. Maybe Let's do another Conair. Exactly. More Conair, more Con they should call it. Uh, Not two, more. Imagine the sequel. Imagine the sequel now. If they Nicolas Cage comes back, John Malkovich is the same guy because he, he was bald then, he's bald now. He just doesn't look like he's aged if you get rid of the, well, the grey stubble. He did get pretty killed in the film, but um, that doesn't tend to stop people sometimes. Um, yeah. <laughs> but they could do that, you know. They could have his daughter... She, she was like, what, five in the film? So now she'll be late 20s. She could get in trouble or her boyfriend could. Poe comes out of retirement. Now that's when we're writing down. 
um, so on the on the subject of worst films uh, you you've probably had to to shift a lot of, of stuff that you're probably not that fond of so on a bit of a side note what's the worst thing you've ever had to sell unbelievable question that um nothing's bad going a little bit corporate right now nothing's bad because <laughs> people like stuff that you don't like what's that saying one person's treasure is another man's like i can't remember so even if i don't like it i need to remember that somebody else will love it the problem the problem comes being completely honest is when for example going away from craft it doesn't really happen on craft but going to more home stuff in shopping telly like cookers and steam mops and vacuum cleaners that kind of thing the problem comes when it isn't a very good cooker or steam mop and you can't really demonstrate it because it's unreliable that's the trickiest bit and i always make sure that i don't testify saying i've used this i use a lot of the products that we sell so i can give personal testimony but if i don't i won't say i think this is brilliant but fortunately those products tend to be 20 quid <laughs> so if you're gonna buy a steam mop and it breaks you've only spent 20 pounds not 120 pounds yeah um, yeah there's not one product that's the worst. It's just a, it's a, quite tricky to get around something that isn't very good at what it's meant to do. That's uh, an incredibly diplomatic answer. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to give you an actual product and a brand. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, okay, which film or TV character do you most relate to? Great question. And I was answering these questions driving back from London um, on the weekend with my wife because I was like, gosh, I don't know. What do I relate to? Is it like a, a sports thing? Because I like sports. Is it a film and more TV? And Emily jokingly went, oh, uh, have you seen Motherland? Yes, I have. In fact, I, we've just started watching the third series. Great. And she was like, oh my God, you should put Kevin from Motherland. <laughs> and I was like, that is literally what I was thinking. And then um, my wife Emily, uh, was like, I don't think you're on your own in this. Like Kevin's very much a, if people don't know Motherland, like it's all about the school run mums, but Kevin's the solo dad who basically does everything. And I'm certainly not a solo dad, uh, far from it. Emily definitely pulls the strings and holds it all together. It was more the environment that a, a new dad finds himself in. Cause I, cause of my shifts, do most of the nursery drop-offs and pickups. And uh, we've also got it where I, he's not in every day. So I have him a day a week at least, uh, just for me and him to hang out. And it's on those days, Liam, that I feel like Kevin, cause wherever you go, <laughs> cafe, a farm, soft play, wherever, you are like one dad, a thousand mums. And then it's like chatting to them and you find yourself being like, like, like Kevin is, it's really weird. Yeah. And they're all much more better at being mums than I'm good at being a dad. I just want to play and have a tumble with Barney. And they've all brought snacks for their children. I'm like, oh, I haven't bought any food for him. <laughs> <laughs> all this stuff. So I went for Kevin just purely for the like the experience of being a, a chap in a very female dom dominated world at the moment. Yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess it's, it, it, you can feel a little bit out there on your own as a, as the dad in that situation. But I guess for, for anyone in that room and, and basically for any new parent, it must be a, a terrifying experience. Like everyone says congratulations to new parents, but actually I'm sure it's amazing having a kid, but you know, from that point on for the next like, 18 years it's it's just one drama after another so it's like being a parent is not a congratulatory moment uh, in, in my opinion but but still well done but, but still congratulations <laughs> i mean you've made you've, you've made a thing and that's awesome 
And you know you have <coughs> to actually raise it. Like that's that's the difficult bit. That is the difficult bit. You know what? You're completely right. I'd say unless someone's had like five, six kids and it's just dead easy, I feel like talking to other new dads and and my our friends are in that very much age bracket of first kid, second kid. No one knows what they're doing. No one knows what they're meant to be doing. Everyone's looking at what everybody else is doing at soft play. Like, I didn't even bring socks for him and you're only allowed to wear socks. You're going to buy some socks. What happens if you're on your own and they need a nappy change somewhere? Like you want to go to the loo. What do you do with your kid? Like all this stuff. No one knows what they're doing. And that's reassuring. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can imagine. And then, uh, you know, I mean, kudos for, for doing that and for, for attempting because I'm, I'm 34 and I only have to look after myself and it's a challenge most days. So, so yeah, well done on that front. But uh, I, I think I love, I love motherland and obviously I don't have kids, but it's, it's put into very stark uh, context. Unlike almost anything else I've seen as to what being a parent must be like. It's a great show. It is a great show. And I feel like we, rather than me being Kevin, we, me and my other half, you take solace in, in, in the drama of other people and the woes of other people and you're not on your own it is carnage as you say it's absolute carnage from start to finish and it, it's yeah. really real like motherland is really real for that i think and plus obviously the quirky characters and things everyone knows a mum like the mums in there probably everyone knows a kevin uh, maybe um not not a bad thing at all it's just i think they've nailed it with the how they've represented their characters defo yeah i mean i i feel like the the characters seem quirky but i also think over time just being a parent must chip away just a little bit at your sanity, right? Yeah, yeah, 100%, absolutely. For everything. God, like, it's so expensive and they're, all, and they're always there and everything <laughs> in that rolls around them for, especially when they're napping early doors, like, go see someone. Yeah, I can see you for 17 minutes, but only here. Like, you find, your, <laughs> you find everything completely changes, but I think it, hopefully everyone's aware that that's a thing or if you're not, you soon become aware that that's how it is. It's just... Life moves on, life changes, you know, so um, this is what we're doing now and it's brilliant and that's what we chose to do, which is uh, so, so, so far so good. So, okay, if there was going to be a, a biopic of your life, what would the genre be and who would play it? I feel like genre-wise, my favourite films in general, even though none of the films I've mentioned yet are this genre, is comedy. Always, when there's nothing on in the evening, I don't look for a thriller, I'm not looking for a suspense. So there are a lot of TV now, I'm really liking like, the Netflix series on like psychological stuff and crime. I really like those uh, at the moment, but general comedy, 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 just to relax, unwind, not worry about it. Stupid stuff, whether it's the Will Ferrell stuff, whether it's the American pies back in my youth, just like silly comedy. So it'd have to be funny. And also I was thinking, right, if it's comedy, then there's gotta be a great comedy actor uh, like Vince Vaughn or Will Ferrell or something like that. But actually, if it's gonna be my life, I want someone far, far more good looking than I am in real life to do it. <laughs> so I was like, Orlando Bloom. Orlando Bloom can play me all day long. And then everyone would be like, why is he playing you? And I'm like, because I had the choice. That's <laughs> well, yeah, I feel like that is the, uh, the thing about this question is that it's easy to overthink it, but actually like punch, like, like pick someone that's like way above you. Uh, yep. Why not? Why not? Not that I'm saying he is, by the way. That's, that's a backhanded uh, uh, compliment, but, uh, but... He's above but, everyone, mate. He's above everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He can do whatever he wants. Yeah, I, and I think he'd be pretty good in the comedy. Uh, that little cameo he made in Extras was uh, was spawn. Exactly what I was thinking, and he, he got... He had to play it straight, didn't he? He, had to, he yeah. wasn't being funny one. He was being him, himself and really serious. Yeah. He was meant to 
trade. And I think, yeah, brilliant. But like comedy in general, I'm, I'm with you on that. It's, it's, I, I share that kind of defaulting to comedy as what I go to. to if, if the TV goes on, I just find a good comedy. And one of the things I've actually been converted uh, over the last couple of years, um, I, I was being pestered by colleagues to watch the US office for years and years. I always resented. I was like, no, I'm not doing it because the UK office is the greatest sitcom ever made. There's no need to remake it. I'm not doing it. And then I finally gave in and started watching it last year. And actually they were right. It's pretty good. And uh, now as soon as I put the TV on, that's, that's what I start watching. Uh, it's the office on repeat. It's such a great show. I'm where you are before you, before you buckled and crumbled. <laughs> no, I haven't given it a chance. No, I see. I I completely understand where you're coming from, <laughs> but I think I, right. Okay, here's here's my thoughts on the US office. The first season, which was like six episodes, and, and they were trying to do like a carbon copy of the, the the British one, terrible. But like persevere because it kind of sets up who the characters are, and then they they get a bit more creative license from the second series, and it goes and just becomes its own thing. And then it's really good because it, it, it becomes something that's like completely different from what the office is. Um, it's just done in the sort of mockumentary style. So I'm a convert and I think you need to persevere, look over the first series and give the US office a go. The later series then, is, is Ricky Gervais involved in the later ones too? So he's, he's the exec producer for the whole show, but he's not actually in it. He makes one or two sort of little cameos in the in one of the later series but he's not actually like a, a, a regular or he has about like 30 seconds of screen time like total in the whole thing so oh, i'm presuming that he'd, he'd have had to give him sign off on doing stuff that they didn't do in the uk office or maybe he was like you've got it so far so crack on maybe surprise him i don't know yeah i think to be honest as long as the royalty checks kept coming in i'm sure he's not that fast He's like, absolutely, carry on. Yeah. He absolutely nails it. When it comes to recycling something and getting another series out of something, he's all over it. He's the new, is it Mike Myers? Mike Myers. Is it Mike Myers? Is that what he's called? Out of um, Austin. Um, yes. Yes. In Shrek. For example, yes. Shrek. I've done three of them. What was it? Austin. Austin Powers. Austin Powers. Yes. Sorry. Austin Powers. He's done like four of those. Really <laughs> yeah. I can't, I was trying to think, oh, Wayne's World, two of them. I was trying mm -hmm. to think of, like, he loves a two and a three. Yeah, uh, on Ricky Gervais, I can't wait for Afterlife. That's coming back on Netflix. And if you haven't seen that, you should. I've seen that. How many series are there? I've seen the first two. Yeah, the, there's only been two so far. Only but he's kind of, he's, he's breaking um, type by doing a full third series because he normally does two series and then the special and then that's it. So going for a full third season is a big move from Ricky Gervais. Well, it feels like it's a bit deeper, obviously, isn't it, this one? So maybe you had more, more scope to carry on. Gervais, more than I think almost any other like comedy showrunner, has this like crazy ability to be funny, 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 and then just like hit you for six out of nowhere with this, this moment of just like pure gut-wrenching poignancy. And I feel like he did it in The Office, he, he did it in Extras, yep. and he's done it in Afterlife. He just has a knack for it. Agree, agree. You can absolutely turn it on. I think it's his, it's his script work, and obviously his delivery uh, is amazing. But yeah, yeah. Yes. 
That's fair play. Not many can do that. Yeah. Okay. So uh, another question I wanted to ask: uh, What is your most nostalgic film? Nostalgic film. Can I give you two? Yeah, go for it. I'm going to go for first of all from when I was a kid, the classic Robin Hood. I think it's Disney's Robin Hood with the fox. <laughs> yeah, the animated one. Yeah. The animated one with the cockle yeah. with the guitar at the start and the king being the lion, the snake, all of that. Yeah. I mean, my that loved that. We had it on video, watched it all the time. Just the music, you know, running around and chasing the, the royal cart when they're trying to be fortune tellers and then when they're at the festival or the games that they do and this kind of thing and then rescuing Maid Marian. I think it's just, I'd go as far as saying it's the best Robin Hood. Great choice. And yes, I think probably the best adaptation of Robin Hood. There was that one a couple of years ago with it was um, they really hyped up with Taron Egerton. It, it just bombed. Yeah, I didn't see it. Neither did I. I think that's Cecil. Yeah, yeah, but um, no, I love it. It's there's a little bit of romance in there. There's a bit of peril in there. There's the whole good versus evil thing. I think so many. There's not one person. If anyone on your film club, Liam, says Robin Hood animated is their least favourite film. <laughs> And you have to stop it there and then because uh, they're, they're wrong. They'll be wrong. But I mentioned I had two. Um, yes. Nostalgic. And the other one, um, which is polar opposites to Robin Hood, is Memento. And then Great choice. Memento with Guy Pearce. Yeah, it was when I was first working on ITV, first working on Trisha, uh, in like a year before going to uni. So I delayed uni to go and work at Anglia for a year. Yeah. But still wanted to do something. So I did an A-level in film studies and... It was, just, it was like a couple of evenings a week, mainly to thinking I'd learn how, I thought it'd be more of a practical thing, how the cameras work, how the lighting works, before going to uni. When actually it wasn't, it was all theoretical and dissecting Soviet film from the 1920s. <laughs> um, but we did go through Memento. I'd never heard of it before. I just think it's just, I don't think I'd ever experienced having just watched nothing but American Pie before then, an actual film that is like a genre of its own right. So out of linear order you've got to watch the whole thing to understand what on earth's happening and then it starts again and then it starts again and then he wakes up again um just how you would even write that and mm. then film that and then edit it is still baffles me amazing I, I i'm surprised that nobody has yet done a drugs raid on christopher nolan's house because he he does some incredibly just like mind-bending stuff in his film just not only to write it but to visualize how how the film's gonna look i can't imagine that he's sober for much of the day he's definitely one that wakes up at three or four in the afternoon and then is an all-nighter mm. yeah like very much on his own time which he's more than entitled to do crazy guy crazy guy but uh, uh great films and yeah memento is a is a great choice uh, uh, very much two ends of the spectrum there, like Robin Hood and Memento. Yeah, maybe, but, uh, maybe I, hybrids in order. <laughs> um, and then finally, although I, I feel like I feel like maybe Con Air would fall into this category as well for some people. <laughs> um, but <laughs> what is your guilty pleasure? You're right. Con Air could fit into this. Face Off could have fit into any Nicolas Cage back. back yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, but my guilty pleasure, which could have fit into nostalgia as well, is a musical. Love a musical. I love a theatre production. But Grease 2. I've got to point out the two bit in this. Yeah. I'm very passionate that Grease 2 is a superior film to Grease. Um, 
I mean, I don't feel like we're going to reach uh, an agreement at the end of this podcast, but I'm, I'm very interested to know why you think that. Here's why. Here's why. The story. Have you seen Grease 2? Uh, yes, but I, I've largely suppressed it because it was a long time ago and um, it was a bad experience. So the storyline for anyone listening who doesn't know is basically the flip of Greece. So rather than Sandy, the outsider coming in as a girl, uh, Michael comes in also from England as a boy. And rather than Danny Zuko, head of the T-Birds, falling for her, Michelle Pfeiffer, head of the Pink Ladies, falls for him. So it's very much the same storyline, just the other way around. But it's the music. The songs in Greece 2 are better than the songs in Greece. And for things like the Luau, Reproduction, the bowling one score tonight, Cool Rider. Like if you haven't seen Grease 2, I bet people have heard of Cool Rider. I bet they have. I hope they have. I, I mean, I, I'm sure they have, but yeah. but I think people have heard of almost every song from the Grease soundtrack. And I'm just I'm struggling to get on board with any challenge to the fact that Grease is probably the greatest musical soundtrack of all time. Let alone when that challenge is, is coming from Greece too. I know. Who'd have thought? Who'd have thought? Yeah. But it's, it's there in front of us all. Why? Why is this not widely accepted that everyone knows and everyone should accept this? I appreciate the songs in Greece one are good. I'm not saying Greece is a bad film. It's a cracker, as is the music. But Greece two just lifts it up again. I mean, I don't know whether it's the root of it's so bad and that's why I absolutely love it, or genuinely. The songs in Greece too. Reproduction, reproduction taught me everything I need to know about said subject matter in a very funny way. Done. Educational as well. You don't get that in Greece. I've decided. I'm, I, I mean, I'm just, I'm very. I mean, if Greece too was going to feature in anyone's list on this podcast, then a guilty pleasure uh, gladly is the one it, it did. But I'm, I'm curious to know when you first watched Greece too for it to kind of embed itself in your brain as a, as, as a hit. Yeah, good question. I don't know. can't remember when I first watched it. I was very young. It could have easily been in the nostalgic one instead of Robin Hood. Um, but again, had it on VHS. Still have it somewhere on VHS, actually. I don't know who brought it into our lives. Possibly be mum and dad. My sister also absolutely loves it. A couple of my friends absolutely love it. <laughs> I mean, so that's five people. Great. Yeah, so it just happened to be, I don't know, it just in the house. Didn't go, it just appeared. I think I saw Grease 2 before I saw Grease 1. That's very interesting. Um, and I don't know how I feel about that. But um, <laughs> I feel like yeah. I, I feel like we've really ended on a on a on a poor note uh, with, with Greece too. But um, so. uh, hey, your choice, your choice. Uh, that's, uh, I, yeah. uh, it's my personal guilty maybe it's the perfect category. Guilty pleasure. Give it give it a try. Like high school musical. I bet people don't like that, but actually what do you watch one, you want to watch two and three. Yeah, fair point, fair point. Uh, my wife will probably watch anything with Zac Efron, though. To be fair, we watched a, we watched a Ted Bundy film with Zac Efron, and um, she was impressed. So, I mean, she's like, he's not all that bad. I mean, he's a handsome boy. <laughs> so yeah, okay. Interesting list. Interesting list. So Harry Potter, least favorite. Conan, most mm-hmm. favorite. Greasy, guilty pleasure. I think that says an awful lot. There you go. I feel like I haven't analysed myself like this for such a long time. It's probably saying yeah. more more questionable things about myself. Maybe I need to. Turn this around, actually, really question my 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 opinions. Yeah, I mean, I'm just glad this session has been useful, so I'll, I'll build you later. But uh... yeah, awkwardly, right now, I've got the realization I would rather watch right now 
Grease 2 than if I had to watch one of them right now, I, rather than any Harry Potter film. I mean, yeah. Uh, to be to be fair, under the right circumstances, I could go for Grease 2 over Harry Potter. Here we go. But, but... Here we go, you're in. N- never is it making my guilty pleasure list or or any list. It's not on my radar um, it's not until now. good enough or bad enough. Yeah. It's so mediocre. <laughs> <laughs> good. But yeah, interesting. So uh, before we wrap up, Dan, uh, where can people find you, connect with you or harass you if they so choose? I love all forms of harassment. Um, that's not a problem on any sort of social media. Um, Instagram and Twitter is the same handle, at Daniel Tarquin. Tarquin's a whole other story. I wasn't actually born with that name. That was a deep hole thing. Or if you want to follow stuff I do on Shopping Telly, uh, I'd probably look for Dan Bancroft on Creighton Craft. And you can see that it's a... It's not a silly Facebook page that insists about what I'm up to and a bit of promotion for the shows and things, but more importantly, just so people can meet the team who they're watching. Yes, who we can connect. Absolutely. Liam, I really enjoyed it. Thank you for asking me, most importantly. Yeah, no, it's great. And uh, yeah, I, f- I feel like it's been, it's been far too long. Um, and it's been great to catch up. That's it for this week of the Friday Film Club. Thanks for listening. And remember, you can rate and review us on all good podcast platforms. Also, uh, do reach out to us on social media at the Fry Film Club on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. And if you want to be a guest in a future episode, do drop us a message on social media or email liam at hefcorp.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>